Yo, 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 what is back? It's back and we live, baby. I'm Amante Hall, host of the True Tone Podcast. And today I have a special, special guest. I have Austin Reed. I'm so anxious to talk to him. Why? Because he's not afraid to go get it. What is it? The it is success. And he's not afraid to go try to capture it. At the most luxurious way he goes about it. Austin Reed, how you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm I was anxious. As soon as I, I heard that you was uh wanting to come on, I was like, Oh yeah, let's go. You got another one. <laughs> <laughs> man, you are you are very talented. You are you already hitting that success button and you're not afraid to go after anything. I could tell that um you go after it. When you want something, you go really, really fast and hard after it. Can you do me a favor? Talk about doing things scared. Um, honestly, doing things scared, that's such a, um, you know, that's very interesting because this entire move out to Los Angeles, I get completely scared. Um, I tell this story kind of all the time, but, you know, I moved out here with $2,000 in my pocket. I had no official job. I had no apartment, nothing like that. Um, but there was a vision of who I wanted to be. And there was goals I wanted to reach. And, you know, number one, I really go by this proverb of you cannot grow in spaces that you're comfortable with. You only grow in spaces that you're uncomfortable with. And Mm -hmm. so I knew kind of to reach the next level that I wanted to get to, I had to be a little bit uncomfortable, you know, rock the boat in my life a little bit to kind of execute, again, like the person that I wanted to be and kind of elevate to that next level. Um, And so, like I said, this entire move out here, you know, was scary. Um, you know, I even talk about how I even entered this industry with producer and author Devon Franklin. Um, I was terrified to reach out to him. I reached out to him on Instagram. Um, you know, I, I didn't even know if he would respond. And a couple months later, I got an internship with him. And that was back in 2020. Um, and that was kind of just my introduction into the entertainment industry. And from there, I launched my talent management agency and, and digital marketing firm. I did that scared as well. And you know, even to the point where my senior year of, high, of college, my um, a week into my senior year of college, I switched my major from finance to marketing. Um, again, I was terrified, but I still graduated on time. Um, and yeah, my entire life thrives on fear. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's it's cool because when I was uh, researching you, you have you're a fourth generation to go to Oakwood University. Is that correct? Yes. And, yeah. you know, talk real quick. I know you, you sped really fast into the highlight, but I want to go back a little bit. Let's look at the university and how, how cool is that to know that, you know, you have generations that have tended that school and what, what's a little bit of the history behind that? It's a uh, HBCU historically black college. Yeah. So talk about yeah. that real quick and what that journey was like. Yeah. Um, well, definitely, you know, a little bit about Oakwood specifically. You know, Oakwood University is an HBCU, a historical black college, but it's the only Adventist um, historically black college, meaning that, you know, we believe that the seven day was a Saturday, you know, is our Sabbath. And so we rest and we, we abide by kind of the, a lot of the, the Bible entities, you know, with our school. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I was raised, I was raised Adventist as well. And so I think for me, you know, going to that school was not forced upon me at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a sister. She actually attended um, Howard University up in D.C. Nice. But I, for me, I kind of wanted to, you know, instill the legacy and kind of continue it on. I'm the oldest of my siblings as well as my – I have 22, <laughs> 22 cousins on my mom's side. That's a lot of kids, I'm man. I'm the oldest of all of them I come from. It is. <laughs> it, is. Y'all, it is. Y'all better give good gifts, <laughs> man. That's a lot of babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of babies. It's a lot of babies. So I come from a – 
Southern Nigerian background. Um, and, you know, it, it's huge. And so, again, I kind of wanted to carry on that tradition, carry on that legacy. Um, and like I said, just kind of just, just go for that. Um, and so I remember <laughs> my senior year in college, I had six first cousins at the same school as me. That's what uh, you couldn't do nothing. Crazy. They would snitch. <laughs> couldn't do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> they telling me, hey, Austin over here doing this. They'd be like, what? <laughs> like, I mean, listen, I couldn't do nothing anyway. I was, <laughs> I was in Oakwood University. I was in, oh, in yeah. the government. So all uh, eyes are always on. <laughs> did you have family that worked at the school? Is that, I mean, I'm sure like there has to be some, some history there, uh, right? Yeah, my mom actually, my senior year of college as well, or actually my junior year, I believe, my mom, she, um, she started working at the university. Um, she was kind of just, you know, she was, she was working from home and she was like, let me get out the house. And so she was just like, let me just work in the school. And we got a nice little discount too. So that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, 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 uh, that's legacy right there. You know, being able to do something like that's pretty yeah. cool. Did you yeah. ever feel like, oh man, I kind of want to get further away. Cause I know a lot of kids will leave their, their land, their motherland state and go, you know, I don't know, Florida or uh, yeah. Washington or something, something far. They want to, they yeah. want to see something yeah. new. Yeah. You know what I mean? Did, was that yeah. a temptation? Um, not necessarily. Um, because I'm a, I'm a big family person and I knew that my end goal was to kind of end up on the West coast. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want to be too far from my family kind of in those develop de those developmental moments, you know, 18 through 22. Um, I felt like it was important to be close to family. Um, I was actually raised in Maryland, you know, my family lived in Maryland. But when I, my sophomore year of college, my parents moved down to Alabama, because um, actually that's where my entire extended family is. Both mm -hmm. my, both sides of my grandparents, my dad's parents and my mom's parents are both in Alabama. All my mom's brothers and sisters, um, you know, all my cousins, et cetera. So, so do my you, parents kind of want to be close to their family. So Austin, do you have a understanding of like how far your family tree goes back? Do you, do you have that? Because I feel like a lot of... Um, not to put everyone in the same box, but a lot of families don't know their history. You, you coming from such yeah. a big family, do you have that? Do you have like, you know, stories that are passed down? I do actually. Um, like I said, my, um, I come from a Nigerian Southern background. So my grandfather, he is Nigerian and my grandmother, she's a Southern belle from Mobile, Alabama. Yeah. Um, and so I believe both sides are very rich in history. You know, my grandmother, That's awesome. um, she was one of four to integrate her high school. And, you know, my grandfather, he came from Nigeria when he was, well, we actually don't know. <laughs> we don't know how old he was when he came. Um, cause he wasn't, he didn't have a birth certificate, obviously. Wow. Um, so we literally don't know how old he was. Um, but you know, we actually just had a family reunion for his side, the Nigerian side back in for Labor Day. And so every family reunion we do every two years, um, every family reunion, we kind of just go down the legacy and the history and it dates back to, you know, my, my great, 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 great. So we, we kind of just like to pass down that history and, and really be able to know each other's side because I feel like it's very important to know, you know, both cultures, especially, you know, my grandmother living in the South during, you know, those, those times of segregation and discrimination and things like that. And on the, you know, twofold with my grandfather living in, you know, the motherland and, you know, coming from, from, you know, such rich culture as well. And so I feel like it's important to kind of just know about that and, and it helps curate and create, you know, the man that I am today as well. Yeah. That, that I think it's beautiful to know your history and I think it's, it's very powerful. Okay. So I want to talk about road to one Oh seven where you try to visit um, multiple, all of the historically black colleges. Were you able to complete that? What did, what did you get from that? What was the experience like? Yeah. 
So I actually am in the process of revamping that. I want it to kind of be a little bit more, stru- not even structured, um, but I, I'm, I'm working on actually developing it into a series, a TV series. Um, I kind of had the idea my, what, junior year of college, so back in 2020, 2021, um, you know, I had this idea because, you know, there's every time you hear about historically colleges in the media, it's usually those bigger schools. So, yeah. you know, the Howards, the Spellmans, the mm-hmm. TSUs, et cetera, and I have nothing against that at all. Um, but, you know, these, these schools are getting donations of upwards of, you know, $10 million, whereas, you know, we have 107 other historical black colleges. Nobody's talking about the Pine Bluff, nobody's talking about the Oakland University, nobody's talking about the Bethune-Cookmans. And so I think it's important to kind of understand that, you know, these these schools could profit from, you know, these, these um, donations and, and this notability and things like that. And so my vision was, to kind of create a space for all 107 HBCUs to be recognized, um, as well as allow people to understand that there's not just, you know, the Spellmans and the Howards and the Clarks mm-hmm. and things like that, but there are the Bethune-Cookmans, there are the Oakwood Universities. And even though we're all HBCUs, we have so much rich culture in each individual school. And that's what I learned um, throughout this tour. I did not finish yet. Like I said, I'm, I'm in the middle of revamping it and, you know, I moved and things like that. And it was just a lot to... Um, do myself, you know, I, I started the tour the summer before my junior year. I mean, the summer before my senior year, excuse me. And it was a great time. Um, and so early on, so right before my senior year started, I was crowned at the 8th Michigan Oakland University. And so there's a lot of, um, you know, responsibilities that I had to carry that crown mm-hmm. as well as graduating and things like that. And so I remember one day, um, so like I said, my school was in Alabama. I remember one day I woke up at like 4 a.m., Drove down to Atlanta, which is about like three and a half hours. Did three tours. I went to Clark, Spelman, Morehouse. Wow. Drove back. Was was back at home at around like five p.m. Made it to my six p.m. class, and then <laughs> I think my six p.m. classes was done. I drove to the airport and flew out to Florida, and then came back the next day, or came back that same day. Oh, you you didn't care about yourself. That was yeah, <laughs> was... <laughs> yeah. It was it was rough. It was rough. But I, you know, like I could I said, imagine it was my my passion project. I could imagine a lot of schools would want to be a part of that, you know, like roll sure. out the carpet. Sure. So if, when you do this series, sure. I, I can't, I can see it being very successful because who would want to show off on a big platform and be able to, you know, this is the best of our university. And then you can get the steppers in there, you know, black people know how to, one, two, three, you know what I'm saying? Yep. They know how to, they know yep. how to step. It's awesome. Um, you know, being on the road a lot, this is just a, a fun question. What's your go-to snack? Like, what's a go-to snack when you're trying to go on the road and you're traveling? Oh, that's a good one. I would say low-key, like, like peanut M and M's. Actually, like, I think that's that's really like one of my one of my go-to. I try not to eat too much candy or sugar, but yeah, when I stop at the gas station or something like that, that's that's what I get. That and a water, <laughs> water to wash it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you know, I, when, whenever I'm traveling, I don't like to have lots of stuff with me either. But I get I get my yeah. uh, what's the beef jerky. I got to get some gummies and I'll oh, probably, yeah, 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 you yeah. got to get the gummies. You got to, and then, yeah, uh, you got to have some to. tunes in the car. You got to listen to it. <laughs> you know, and then maybe you have a, you have a podcast lined up. Cause usually I'm driving cause everybody gets lost. That's in my yeah. family. Yeah. I'm the only one yeah. that doesn't get lost. <laughs> so I got to control the ox. <laughs> you don't get, the, when yeah, you, you drive, to. you control everything. <laughs> fact, fact, fact. You have this, you have this powerful quote. The answer is always no, unless you ask. And this is in regards to networking. Where where did you where did you learn that 
diligence, the persistence to keep pursuing something? Um, honestly, I think it's just a matter of just just creating a space and, and understanding, you know, my role in the industry and my role of where I want it to be. And, and I talk about this proverb by Chris Jenner as well. Um, and she says that, you know, if, if somebody says no, you're asking the wrong person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I feel like my entire life I've always heard, you know, the answer is no one lets you ask or, you know, you never get an answer. And, and like, you kind of just put yourself out there. And so that's been kind of just subconsciously in the back of my head. And as I've gotten older, I've learned to realize that the answer is indeed no one lets you, you know, you ask. Like, give people the opportunity to say no or give somebody the opportunity to say yes. And so, you know, that's what kind of just drives me to do what I have to do because it's just like, well, the answer is automatically no right now and I haven't put anything forward. Best case scenario, the answer is yes, but we're already in a worst case scenario right now where it's no. So, you know, it's, it's a 50-50. So it's just like, you might as well just do it. Yeah, and you're okay with the margins in between. You have you have to take the opportunity that's yeah. there in front of you. Okay, that, yeah. that I mean, I think that's that's awesome. I don't think a lot of people have what you're talking about, though. They get in their head. Yeah. And they talk themselves yeah. out of doing it. Um, what yeah. what would you say is some of the keys to networking? Because I feel like that goes into asking. You can't get somewhere if you don't talk about it. People have dreams. They're not reaching after it because they're afraid to ask mm-hmm. or have those conversations. Mm-hmm. What what are some easy steps um, of, you know, networking in your opinion? Um. I would say, number one, go in with an idea of, you know, what you want to get out of it. So, for example, anytime I go to an event, I don't, I don't waste an opportunity. So, okay, let me, let me kind of rephrase. So, every time I go to an event or anything, I want to come out with at least one connection, whether that's a friendship, whether that's something to develop, you know, the, the next phase in my life, et cetera. Especially being in L.A., everybody's so connected with everybody. And so, I feel like it's important to, you know, going to events and specifically for networking, you know, go out there to really just, just gain stuff, you know, definitely have a good time as well. But also I always want to walk away with something tangible. Um, also I feel like, you know, just having in the back of your head, just like a five second little elevator pitch, six second little elevator pitch. Um, nine times out of 10, I kind of know exactly what people are going to ask me or I know, you know, a, what I want to say. And so I kind of just keep that in the back of my head. So when they're like, Hey, you know, I'm like, Hey, my name is Austin. You know, I do X, Y, and Z. You know, I would love to help you out with X, Y, and Z, and yada, yada, yada. So I think that's what helps as well. Um, and also utilizing social media. I think a lot of people, even though social media is very oversaturated, I think that it's a very useful tool to use. Um, we're wanting to reach out to, you know, whoever you're trying to get to. And that's, you know, that's how I've gotten a lot of the opportunities that I've had, just honestly reaching out on social media or, you know, deep diving and, and, and you know, find that person on Facebook or, you know, find their email or whatever and just really kind of just, you know, exceeding or, or, or using all the tools that I, I, I'm able to use. So Austin, you said earlier that you kind of have an idea of what they're going to say. Are, is this something, are you running this through your head beforehand? Are you practicing? Is it something spontaneous? Is it natural? How are you able to, you know, kind of simulate, you know, a conversation and then pitch it out to someone? For sure. Um, honestly, I would say that it kind of just, it, it's about the main, like the main idea is always the same, but mm-hmm. I kind of like to switch it up. Um, you know, I kind of switch it up towards, you know, the audience. I'm talking to somebody, you know, closer to my age. I probably use some euphemisms or kind of just some, some verbiage that kind of, you know, cool, calm and collective. Whereas if somebody kind of more seasoned and things like that, 
I'll kind of, you know, be a little bit more, not necessarily professional, but be a little bit more, um, I don't know. I don't really know the word for it, but, but, <laughs> but not talk like I would be talking to a peer of mine, but be talking with respect and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not necessarily a matter of practice. I think that I've kind of outgrown the practice side of things. I think it's more of just reiterating and, and making sure I hit key points and, and, you know, understanding what I want to get out of that conversation. So you have this ability to get behind the curtain and see what other people want to want to see, right? Um, it's visible. You're able to go to events. You've been to Grammys. You've been to the culture events. You've uh, got some cool opportunities and been to movie premieres. You know how have you you know leveraged or been able to know about these things? Because most people don't even know they're happening. You know, it's kind of like after. Yeah. How are you getting into that space? Honestly, I'm always, I'm always, always, always researching, always researching. Um, you know, I'm always on social media seeing what the next event is, or I have this calendar that I have that literally, you know, I know for next year, I know that Essence Fest, CultureCon, the Grammys, VMAs, et cetera, is going to be next year, or, you know, even what's going to be coming, you know, the rest of this year. Mm-hmm. And so I really make strides to kind of just follow up. So I know that, you know, for example, September, you know, we just had the VMAs, the Video Music Awards this past weekend, or it was New York Fashion Week, or, you know, next week there's some movie premieres. And so literally every day, every day, I'm, you know, researching, you know, what are some upcoming events, you know, what are some movies coming out, what are these premieres, you know, what, sh- what um, you know, typically, um, you know, albums drop on Friday. So, you know, backtracking. So, for example, like Diddy's album has just dropped today. Um, I'm pretty sure there was a, um, you know, there was a, a, a listening party. So, you know, just kind of just keeping that in mind. So just like, okay, well, I know that this person is dropping an album, what, October, whatever. Okay, let's backtrack. Let's see, you know, about when the, when the, about when the, um, you know, the, the premiere would be or the, the, uh, what am I trying to say? The listening party would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really just utilizing, like I said, social media, utilizing those tools. And I'm really just researching all the time, just knowing what upcoming events are. Of course, you kind of just know when those big things are, you know, the Grammys, Oscars, whatever, they're typically around the same time. But also knowing about those those macro events as well, those micro events and, and utilizing those. And those can help you get to those bigger events and, and networking and things like that. So like I said, I'm always researching, um, always just wanting to be in the know of what's going on. Um, and typically, really every week, I know you know what what movie is coming out, what album is coming out, or what award show is on. Awesome. You speaking of behind the curtain, you've worked with a lot of people: Kevin Stage, Anthony O'Neill, so people call him the Black Dave Ramsey, and then you've worked with Devon Franklin. What have you collected, and what have you given um, to them? Um. Well, number one, I would say I'll start with the given. I think for me, you know, I create a space where, again, I'm not afraid of taking on challenges. I'm not afraid of learning new things. And typically every space that I've been in, I've been the youngest individual. You know, I'm 23 years old. Um, and like I said, I started in this industry when I was 20. And so literally I've always been the youngest person. And, you know, working with Devon, I was the youngest intern. Or, you know, working with, with Anthony O'Neill, you know, I was the youngest on his team, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I really bring a fresh idea and a fresh look and, and being able to kind of allow, especially with me being so in the culture, being able to kind of just bring a different spin on things and bring a different perspective, especially being a male, a black male, a young black male, you know, in this industry, I'm able to bring, you know, different perspectives and different insights. Um, so that's what I was able to bring. And I think 
taking away, you know, there was, there was many things that I was going to take away from each individual, you know, specifically Anthony O'Neill, you know, he's a money and relationship guru. And, and I think for me, I was able to really learn, you know, financial tips from him, relationship tips, um, you know, spiritual tips and, you know, from Devon as well, you know, he's in the industry and he's Adventist like myself as well. And so I think from him, I was able to take away, you know, how to be in an industry and not, you know, compromise your values and morals and, and being able to know about relationships and your relationship with God and your relationship with man and, 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 you know, your, your spouse and things like that. And so I think that each individual that I've worked with, again, going back to my point of, I always want to take away something from somebody. Um, I'm able to kind of just, from Devon to Tabitha Brown to, you know, Devon Franklin to, you know, um, Anthony O'Neill, I was able to take away so many things from each individual that, that has helped me. What about your, your inner makeup is allows you to be around people of that stature and not get intimidated? Cause we like, would you agree? That's a thing. People do kind of get, you know, intimidated. Yeah. They, they kind of, you know, get emotional sometimes or, they say or do things. How have you been able to manage being around people? I saw that you were, you know, you're around Chloe Bailey, you're around LeBron. Like, how are you able to manage those things? Um, I think early on in the industry, it was, it was a little bit more difficult because I was, I was like, wow, like, you know, what, you know, how am I here, et cetera. But I think that as I've, as I've kind of developed more in the industry and how I, you know, kind of understand where I want to be, it's just like, you know, I'm supposed to be here. So mm. it's a matter of not necessarily why I'm here, but I'm supposed to be here. And, and you know, you live, live, live like you're supposed to be here. And so, like, yeah, like, yeah, I'm, I'm here to see you, Chloe. Like, what's up? Like, you know, hey, LeBron, like, I'm here. Like, you know, what's up? Honestly, you know, obviously I'm here for a reason. So, you know, utilize that reason. Don't be scared now. You know, the hard part is done. Trying to get there is done. You're here now. What are you going to do with that opportunity? That's a great, that's a great point. And I feel like, a lot of people will freeze up and not really know what to do. And you've, yeah. you've taken that opportunity and take your, taking your shots and you've taken them well. And <clears throat> so what's, do you have your own personal philosophy on how you manage your marketing ideas and your, like, give me, give me some of those. Like what, give me maybe one of them. Like what, what's your philosophy or your values to approaching um, your marketing plans or, in internally your value? Mm, honestly, I would say for me specifically, it's about authenticity. Um, you know, I pride myself in the fact that the person that you see on TikTok is the same person you see on Instagram, is the same person you see on Facebook, is the same person you see in person. Um, and, and I admire that because for me, I'm not the type of person where I'm going to be faking it for social, I'm going to be faking it in person. Because it's just like, that's that's not truly who I am. And so my philosophy is acting, acting like I would act in any situation, you know, integrity is very important to me. And so, you know, I don't, I don't feel the need to lie on social media about, you know, certain situations. And that's why, you know, TikTok a little, TikTok gets a little bit more raw. Um, you know, I, I'm sharing my entire journey. So, you know, a couple weeks ago, my car was stolen, Yikes. Um, you know, the, oh the catalyst converter was taken, you know, all that things. And so I'm, I'm sharing that journey you know, on TikTok, as well as sharing, hey, you know, I was at the Grammys, I was at this, um, because I feel like a lot of the time, you know, individuals are only sharing the, the good things, you know, what what happened, but what about those, what about those tough times, what about those bad things, and so I want people to understand that you can make it, um, there are going to be tough times, but how do you shift, how do you pivot, how do you make it through those tough moments, um, and yeah. And I think that's important, too, because people always are, 
wowed by the highlights. We all, we always talk about that, the highlights, the highlights. But it is it is the thing that brings production up. But when you talk about yeah. the struggle, it's the thing that motivates people to get where you already are. And that's yeah. that's the beauty of being able to do that. It let me ask you this. How do you how do you manage a win? How are you managing a win? How do you determine like even when you're working with a customer or a partnering with a brand or something, how are you determining that you did a good job or that this was a W? Um, I think it's just a matter of any opportunity that I'm able to receive, I count it as a win. Um, and that's just, that's really for my the pivotal point in, in my entire life, honestly. So I'm just like, I made it to the Grammys. Anything else I can do. Literally, I was like, I made it to the Grammys. I can do anything else. And so I feel like for me, early on in the industry, I was focusing on, you know, those bigger moments and being like, okay, well, I need to make it here to kind of win. I need to make it here to kind of win. But, you know, just being able to get that contact of somebody or being able to, you know, shake that person's hand and being able to see that person on, you know, in the store and like just say, what's up? You know, I count those as wins as well because, you know, it's, it's one step closer to my goal. It's one step closer to me getting to where I want to be. It's, it's allowing me to kind of, you know, push myself. And so I count every situation, you know, that I, that I go through a win, you know, even the fact that, you know, like my car was stolen a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't necessarily count it as a loss, but counted it as an, as an opportunity to be like, okay, Austin, like your car is gone, but you know, insurance is able to take care of it. You know, you have a rental car, you know, you're getting ready to purchase a new car. And so, you know, all in all, yes, the situation sucks right now, but look yeah. at it, you know, in the macro scale, like, you know, what, you have so many other things going on in your life. You have this going on, you know, you're in this apartment, you're doing this, you're getting ready to go here. So, you know, don't focus too much on this situation right now. Focus on everything else that you've been able to accomplish. Yeah. And those things become great building blocks for stories later. And not just that you're collecting them, but, you know, it's important to be in the moment and understanding right. that this is, this is a part of the process when you're pursuing your passions and your dreams. And it can be overwhelming sometimes, but it's a it's a good feeling. Do you think that you would take this journey again the way that it's going out right now? Do you think that you're on an accelerated pace that's really fast? Um I would definitely take this journey again because it you know it 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 Create, it, I feel like it's, it's creating a, a it's creating who I am. You know, I don't I don't I don't like handouts. I don't like you know silver silver spoons or whatever. I feel like working for it helps me appreciate it a lot more and being able to you know have a vision, have a goal for something, and accomplish it mm-hmm. is just it, it, it's amazing. And so I feel like no, I, I would definitely like take this same journey again. Honestly, let me ask you this because this has been a big topic right now, and I'm sure you've. Being in LA, you've seen other people talk about it. You're you're with writers, you're you're around creatives. How has AI, what's the conversation been like with AI right now? Uh, <laughs> the thing with AI <laughs> Do, are um, people you know, they I, get I upset really... when they hear about like when you say AI, is it like someone saying Trump and it's like, oh, like <laughs> you know, is it is it kind of like that or is it AI is like it depends on who I you talk to? Not everybody understands it yet, so of course everybody's going to be like not necessarily upset about it, but more of confused because everybody doesn't understand it. But for me, I'm kind of utilizing this time with the writer's strike to kind of just 
tap in and learn more about AI because I feel like it's a tool. Um, and, you know, with tools, any tool, you can use it for bad or you can use it for good. Um, and so I'm trying to, you know, understand how to utilize AI for good and utilize it for benefit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of people really don't understand. Like they, yes, I think the ideal thing is eventually it may take someone's job, but I don't, I really don't think it's there yet. And I think there's a wait period before it gets to that point. Um, For sure. Which is, which is really interesting because you're in a spot where everyone's using that and everyone's there, there, there's a writer strike right now and people are fighting over getting compensated. If you work on a project, I do think, you should get compensated for it. If you're spending time, you should be able to basic needs should be met. You know what I mean? It shouldn't be this sure. argument, especially if you've worked on the show that's number one or trending or, you know, people want to see, you know, I, I think that's a, it's a very crazy place we're in right now that I think we're companies and brands may be a little bit ahead of themselves because at the end of the day, if you don't know how to use the tool, it's not a tool. It's just more yeah. things in the bag. You know what I'm saying? So it's really it's really something that I'm kind of interested to see where it goes next. And if people are going to be afraid to kind of say, hey, it's not where we want it to be. Um, but but we'll we'll figure that out. Let me ask you this. Where where does your specialty? Where do you see your your niche? Um. I see my niche again as somebody that is allowing people to know that everything that your life doesn't have to be all put together to reach your goals. Number one, um, I feel like my niche is also being able to again. I'm I'm very authentic and just showing people the good and the bad. You know, not everything is good, but you know, not everything is bad. You know, showing people the journey. Um, you know, I like my niche is again just showing people that if you have a dream, if you have a goal, don't let anybody stop it, you know, mm-hmm. push through, get what you got to do, do, you know, do it. Do it scared. Working with uh, Kevin stage, you know, he's a comedian and I, and you've worked with Kevin Hart, right? Correct. Yeah. So working with those two individuals, comedians, one is on a massive scale is, you know, sells out arenas. The other one is, you know, doing more series. He's famous on social media as well. They both are, you know, how do you come in and help a brand like that kind of further along when they're not saying like they're, you know, Kevin stage is somewhat established, but how do you help a brand keep moving forward in a way? Um, I think again, just going back to my point of typically I'm the youngest person and, and, you know, as as a black male in this industry, as you know, in their in their early twenties, I'm able to bring another perspective, a different perspective, a kind of you know my demographic because both you know both those men are what in their forties, yeah, and so you know twenty decades, I mean two decades prior, I'm able to kind of just bring in, like I said, a different look, being able to be a little bit more into the culture, um, being able to just talk to them about you know more of what my generation or like my peer group kind of wants to see wants to hear etc mm-hmm. when you okay let's let me let me throw this at you if you're let's say i come to hire you i want austin reed to help me with my marketing and my brand right now right let's do a little template so people can listen see how you 
you kind of do it. What's the first thing you're looking at? Um, the first thing I would say is what, like, why are you trying to grow? What, what exactly are you trying to do? Like, what are you trying to accomplish? Are you trying to get more followers? Are you trying to get likes? Are you trying to do this? Um, are you trying to be more notable? What is your end goal or what, are, what is your, what is your short term goal right now? What are you trying to reach within the next couple of months? What are you trying to reach, you know, in the next couple of years? Okay. So let's say from there, you're able to go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Let's say, yeah, I want to, I want to build up my followers. Austin, I'm trying to be like Kevin. <laughs> how, how do I take those <laughs> steps? What do I got to do? Um, I would say consistency is, consistency is key. And in, in this, in this day and age, consistency and discipline is key. Um, and you know, that's, that's what I, I pride myself on as well. Like, you know, I have 33,000 followers on TikTok right now. And that's, that's just based off consistency. Um, you know, posting literally every day, tapping into the culture and seeing, you know, what are people talking about? What are, you know, what can I share about, you know, my opinion on certain things or, mm-hmm. you know, tapping into my niche and seeing, you know, um, you know, what about, what about, what do people want to hear from me? What do people want to see about me? And, and again, just continue to be consistent. And so I feel like consistency is, is the main thing, especially on social media. I was really good. How much you want so I can hire you? <laughs> <laughs> Um, let me let me say this real quick. Let me ask you this. So when people are presenting themselves, you know, there I think people get confused by the product, the brand. You know, sometimes the person is the brand, and then sometimes people like to separate that. Where the more relaxed them, they're not always that picture perfect them that we see. You know, particularly like since we've been talking about them, let's use Kevin Hart. You know, he's not always in these highlight moments. Sometimes he's in a wheelchair because he can't run. Um, (laughs) But but how do you, how do you manage that so that it, cause you can get stuck in that, right? Where you're always trying to shoot for perfection and you can't really be okay with being regular, regular person. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? What I'm asking? Yeah. So you're, so I'm okay. <laughs> so say, rephrase it one more time or say it one more time. So like if you're, okay, if you're this person always trying to push your brand, your marketing, you are the brand, the person, like mm-hmm. you're the image. How do you control or manage between being the brand and being yourself? Cause you're not always that you're, you're, you're For the sure. brand, you're this, you're the son. You could be the father. You could be, you know, et cetera. Sure. How sure. do you manage all that? Yeah. Um, number one, I think, you know, th- this question is, is not necessarily difficult for me to answer, but I know sometimes some people kind of differentiate themselves from a brand and an individual. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I've hit the sweet spot because the brand that I am is also the individual that I am. And so I don't have to pretend that I'm somebody that I'm not. And so I feel like that just, that just helps it so much easier because I don't have to try to overcompensate and try to overdeveloped content to kind of hide the fact of, you know, who I am and what I do. I'm, you know, I'm the same person all in all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like also sometimes being able to just step away, um, you know, there, there are times I, I, I know it talks about consistency, but there are also times where, you know, I take a two, three day break and I just not on social media at all. Um, just because I'm just consuming so much social media and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And I feel like, you know, creative burnout is real and being able to kind of just step away and, and see things, um, from a, a different perspective and being able to kind of just step away and reach that really helps you to come back harder. 
Yeah, I think that's cool that you, you're talking about understanding your boundaries as a person and being able to fortify those boundaries when you feel like you're being stretched too thin or you're doing too much, which I, I, I think that's I think that's good stuff. All right. So let me let me end with this. What's 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 a problem you're trying to solve with? Maybe it could be within one of your companies that you have or your agency. What's a problem you're trying to solve right now? Um. A problem for me specifically, or a problem that my that my business wants to solve. A problem for you, like what what's what's a opportunity thing you're trying to solve right now that's kind of giving you a challenge. Um. Hmm. I think really just trying to because of the person that I am, I, I wake up with a new idea every day. And so I think my, my challenge is like my, I, I have this huge mirror in my house that I just write really every idea on. And so I think for me, it's just a challenge of not jumping into every idea right away, but allowing certain things to like marinate or being able to like reach out for help. Um, because I do reach out for help, but I'm such a, every idea that I have is so special to me and, and so private to me. I don't like everybody knowing, you know, what I'm, what I'm creating next. Um, but you know, if you want to go, if you want to go fast, you know, go alone, but if you want to go far, you know, go with other people. And so I'm really trying to kind of take that into, take that in more and just understand that, you know, not everybody is out to hurt (laughs) or take away or things like that, but being able to just really being able to bring people on. Um, and yeah, allowing people to be in my creative space. I don't like people in my creative space. I think that's a challenge that I'm, I'm, I'm working on. I hear people say that a lot. I mean, you, you like to cook alone, but then you want everyone yeah. to taste it when it's done. Right. You know? Yeah, right. I, I definitely get that. I get that. How do you how do you not come across mean or what's the word I'm looking for? Come across uh, shut off when you you're working on projects like that. And then you have to trust people because at some point you got to trust a team to, to help you execute because you can't do it alone. For sure. For sure. Um, I don't know. I feel like because of the person I am and the people person that I am, I know, and being in this industry, I kind of just know how to talk to people. Um, and so there are certain like words that I'll say or phrases that I'll say to not come off as, I, I feel like there's, there's a difference between being rude and there's a difference between like being direct. And so I feel like I'm a very direct person um, and not a rude person. And so I'm able to kind of, you know, allow people to understand how I'm feeling right now with being direct, but not coming off as, you know, rude or, or invasive or anything like that. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Austin Reed, what's, what's next in your future? What do you, what can you, can you demo something? Can you tease something? What, what's next you're trying to do? <laughs> um, Ooh, I have a lot, but I don't know what I can say yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say the next for me is ooh, I'm trying to phrase it without really saying it. The next for <laughs> me is is a, a, a different space, a different entity that not a lot of people have seen me in yet. Okay. Um, that I'm excited to transition into. Okay. Um, and it's kind of just like the elevation of, of who I am, the next step. That's awesome. Hey, man, I appreciate you coming on. Where can people find you? Um, they can find me on all social medias, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, at my at name, Amor underscore off. That is A-M-O-R underscore A-U-S. You can find me on all social media platforms. 
Yeah, Austin Reed, awesome to talk to you. I'm I'm so excited to see where it goes. You've done a lot already, but you keep pushing. I love seeing the hustle you have. So uh, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. And there you have it, folks. Another exciting episode of the True Tone Show. Austin Reed, go ahead and follow him. I'll have a, a link to all his his handles so you can check him out. Man, what a great one. Hey, I'll see you guys next time. Amante, we out of here. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do